Hello and welcome to the Castaway Pop Punk Vinyl Podcast. Each week I ask my guests which three albums and one book they would take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. So sit back, relax and enjoy two people randomly talking about the music they love. Okay Tom, shut the fuck up! Okay! Here we go! Welcome everyone to the second episode of the Castaway Pop Punk Vinyl Podcast. My guest this week is Penny Board. Penny is an alternative pop artist from Dallas, Texas. I first discovered Penny when I created my Pop Punk Everything Instagram page back in February time, but we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. Penny, welcome to the, to the podcast. Thanks very much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure's all mine, honestly. Um, yeah, so as I was saying, I first came across you when I saw that you, you were on a playlist or, or a cover album where you'd done a Never Shout Never cover. Of I yes. think it was trouble, and I was like, "Yeah, this is cool. I dig this cool vibe." So I followed your page, and then you were kind of in the process of releasing music, and then you released Emerald Green. But before I'd heard the song, you you put up on Instagram like a video of yourself in your car, saying, "I've written this song about all these feelings that I'm having, and here's what it sounds like." You just kind of blasted the chorus, and I was like, "Fuck, that sounds so good! Like really well produced, so catchy." And then I heard the song. And the verses were like so different to the chorus, but like, like so cool. And the tone of your voice and everything, I just fell in love with it. I think I told you, I was like, oh my God, like keep writing music like this. Um, and then you've just released, a, well, I want to say second single, but you have got previous songs that you've done in the past. But um, I feel like your music now is kind of gaining some traction. Um, right. Gem- Gemini, which is out now, but it, which again uh, is an absolute superb track. So um, yeah, it's an absolute honor to have you on here. And I hope that, um, more and more people keep discovering your music and you you, you become very successful because I think you deserve it. So, Thank you. I really appreciate all of that. That means so much to me. No, you're welcome, honestly. And like you've got the whole like branding going down, like the green vibes. And I think, you know, some artists are a bit like, oh, I don't really know what they stand for, what they're about, but it's definitely clear from your page uh, and your music what you're all about so it's a pleasure to have you on here honestly so for those who don't know for anyone who hasn't listened to the one episode that i've done in the past this is all about uh um penny becoming a castaway on a desert island and she's been given uh three albums and one book and we're just going to talk about those three albums and one book and what they mean to you and why you chose them and we'll just have a chat really so if you could tell everyone the the first album that you would take with you if you were stranded on a desert island okay so the first one this was really hard for me to do yeah it's very tricky yeah (laughs) the first one that came to mind is a recent album that came out and it's blood bunny by chloe moriondo um i just from like beginning to end it's beautiful it's very uh, refreshing it's not like a lot of things that I've heard before and I feel like this really um, captures like who she is as an artist and um, just like it's like a new era for her in a way um, which I really appreciated and just like the whole concept of it was amazing Uh, the videos are super cool Um, yeah I just loved it it was a lot of growth for her for sure yeah she's awesome and and like you said she's a very recent artist so first of all she's 18 this album is uh incredible for an 18 year old um there's no way that 
I'd be writing music like that at 18 for sure. Um, I know, right. I'm like 25 <laughs> and I just started doing this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it, yeah, it's so relatable. And I, I think I saw James Corden giving the album a plug, um, yeah. which obviously is, you know, really cool for her because I hadn't, I hadn't heard of her um, till relatively recently. Um, and yeah, this album is really, really cool. And it's, it's really different. Like each track is different within itself. So you hear one song and think you have an idea of the album and then the next one is just completely different direction. Do you have a particular favorite track? Probably Vapor. I feel like not a lot of people talk about that one a lot. Um, if it's from the singles, then probably Girl on TV. Um, but yeah. something about Vapor is just so like raw and honest and she really just puts all of her feelings out there and just kind of talks about a subject that like people don't really like to talk about and I love when artists do that it's just really about like you know yeah not everything lasts all the time like what if it just goes away yeah just like cherish those moments absolutely yeah so Vapor is the last track which is I guess why people don't talk about it as much right Um, yeah because people listen to an album kind of fade away from it towards the end. Um, it's also which, slower and just like way more emotional than the rest of the album. Yeah. I mean, ironically, my my favorite song is probably the, the opening track, Really Don't Care. Um, I just think yeah, the, it's a really great opener, opener to the album. So have you ever get, gotten to see her live? No, but I have tickets to see her November 14th in dallas i'm really excited oh that's cool it'll be great it's in a smaller venue so that'll be fun it's always it's always good when when gigs are in a small venue because you know i go and see i'm quite lucky you don't i don't live too far from london um so i get to see bands all the time uh you know especially the bigger bands that come over from the states uh but you know bands like green day will come and play a stadium and they're like little ants on the stage Right. Then they'll do like a secret show. I remember seeing Foxborough Hot Tubs at one in the morning at the Islington Garage. It was just like they they came straight from playing a Wembley gig, and it just did like a two hundred capacity venue in the middle of the night. It was so cool. Um, so yeah, that that intimate vibe is uh, is definitely where it's at for me, as opposed to going to huge sold out arenas. Oh yeah, I love it. I think probably the only artist that I would see in like a stadium setting is Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah really depends for me <laughs> yeah i've seen taylor swift she she came over and did hyde park she's also absolutely awesome she puts on a great show <laughs> yeah she really does so for so for um people that haven't heard of uh chloe moriondo then who who would you say she sounds like for for fans of who would you suggest oh, i'm not even sure because she's so unique for me, she's a huge inspiration, at just like musically. So for me, I think she sounds she sounds a bit like Phoebe Bridges. I could see that, yeah. Um, just a little bit. I thought, well, there's a bit of Phoebe Bridges in her voice. Um, not musically though, but just kind of like that vocal vocal style. Right. Yeah. yeah. Musically, I'm not really sure. I, she's got like this like. Can I say Hillary Duff from like the early yeah. 2000s? Absolutely. That's yeah. honestly what it reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah, I can hear that. For sure. So she has an album as well, which I haven't heard, Rabbit Hearted. 
that I one? I, it's more like acoustic, laid back. Yeah. Not a lot of full band. Okay, cool. So you have a, I'm going back to you. Uh, you're a solo artist. Do you have a, so I'll, I'll pick the Rocket Summer as an example. He's a solo artist, but he goes out with a band. You do the same? Yes, I do. I have a wonderful band. Um, they're all in other bands as well. Okay. Um, so that's really cool. Um, it's kind of a combination of members from New Heroes and Matchstick Ghost. Um, oh, yeah. cool. Nice. And do they go into the studio with you? Yeah. So uh, one of them, I have like a whole like setup in my room where I do like all of like my covers mostly and my features. Um, but more recently I've been looking into like getting like studio time and things like that. But the first two songs I did, uh, were literally just recorded at home. Um, and then Jim and I was done at like my friend's house. So I've, I've never really like done like an official like studio setting. It's all just been like in a bedroom. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. So my advice to you is you don't need to go spend a load of money in a studio because the production of your tracks is absolutely spot on. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Whoever, I mean, I guess you're involved in the production and recording as well, but the people around you are doing a great job. I have some very talented friends that are just super nice and willing to help me out. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Um, cool. So that's album num number one then. Album number two. So Old Bones by Broadside. That was the one that I was like, Broadside's my favorite band. So okay. I was like, hmm, I have to pick one of these. And I wasn't sure which one, so I just went with the first one. See, that is a, it's a probably their best album. I'd have to agree. Broadside are a great band. They, they haven't actually got that that much kind of to their back catalog. Um, so if you kind of want want to check them out, you could probably get through their stuff quite quickly. I think that's probably fair to say. Three albums, a few singles, but yeah, Old Bones is awesome. Uh, do you remember the first time you heard it? I was sitting in my bedroom at my parents' house. Like I was getting ready to move out and um, somebody texted me a link and was like, I think you would like this song. And I listened to it and immediately I was just like, I love this. And I just <laughs> listened to it every single day. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that feeling. When when you get recommended music so many times, it's like, hmm. okay, cool. Yeah, I like it. And then you, you go on to something else or you always go back to what you know. But when right. someone introduces you to something that kind of changes your life, that's awesome. So so my favorite track would probably have to be A Better Way. Um, yep. That is a tune. Do you have a favorite song on the album? Probably Human Machines. Something about that one I just always go back to. That's another one I feel like just doesn't get like a lot of recognition. Yeah. So Broadside still, I mean, again, I like Broadside are a great band, but I'm not not that close to them at the moment. Um, so they released an album last year. Um, I guess everything has been put on hold for a long time now. Mm -hmm. um, but kind of, do you know what they're up to at the minute? Plans to make another album, go back on the road? I'm not sure. I feel like <laughs> their news is like very... Just like random, like yeah. I, it's always so unexpected. Um, unless I'm really bad at just like keeping up with things, but yeah, um, 
I feel like they're probably planning a tour. I saw that their vocalist is releasing a book, another book. Oh, that's and cool. So that's pretty interesting. But I feel like they probably have stuff in the works and we're all just like waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed. So diverting a little bit from topic, we're on Zoom at the minute chatting and your name is different to your artist name. Yes, yeah. So so I'm taking it Faith is your is your name. Yes. What's the inspiration behind the artist Pennyboard? So Pennyboard actually started as a full band um and the name came from one of the former members um and Pennyboard's kind of started on a whim. My twin sister tweeted, you know, I want to be in an all-girl punk band. And yep we all replied to it, everybody that was in the band and then we just started making music together and then we all kind of decided you know our schedules didn't really mesh well um but then for me this is something that I wanted to keep doing and I wasn't sure if I was just going to do like this as like a solo artist or like find another band or you know use the same name what I was going to do and we all talked about it and they were all like this name fits you pretty well um so my friend Taylor that was in the band she came up with the name um it was actually a name she was going to use for her band that she's in now uh matchstick goat so oh, yeah cool. we're also like great friends they're all super supportive they're at like every single one of my shows so cool oh that's awesome they still so, play a huge role in the band too they help yeah. me write great artwork and all that oh nice yeah the gemini um artwork's really cool um thank you it must be good to have like a set of you know friends that are all still do it because you know I've been in bands and people just drift apart for whatever reason life takes different directions you still stay really close mates but music uh and that kind of creative stuff doesn't mean as much to some people eventually but it sounds like you've got a really cool network of people that still love the same thing still striving for that goal yeah, they're all super supportive, and I'm so grateful for that, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So Penny Board, it's just kind of a random name? Yeah, that was just, just kind of like air. a nice, like, because there's like, you know, like a Penny Board, like a skateboard. Um, right. And the spelling is just different. So, yeah. Yeah. Not oh, okay. a super interesting story, but. <laughs> well, it was interesting to me because I was like, Faith that must be that that doesn't say penny yeah most people just assume my name's penny and usually i just go with it yeah why not cool so that was your your second album was old bones by broadside um so album number three um move along by the all-american rejects solid solid choice so this album um yeah it's an absolute classic everyone's gonna know it um Everyone probably agree that it's one of their best albums. Um, I think that um, Move Along was the opener to the Cruel Intentions film. I'm sure the film starts with Move Along. I could be wrong, though. I can't remember. I'm sure it does, but someone will probably tell me that I'm wrong there, but I'm sure it does. Um, So your relationship with that album, then, when did you, you first come across it? I was so young when I heard this. I think I was in probably, um, let's see, I was like 10 or 11 when this came out. 
I was really young and I heard one of the songs um, on the radio on my way to school and it was just stuck in my head. And then I guess other kids in my class had heard this song before too. And I remember someone in my class kept singing the words and um, eventually this was just, you know, like something I just kept hearing over and over. And I finally um, like got my parents to go buy the CD. (laughs) I just listened to it on repeat and then the next year I was old enough to where my parents said I could make a MySpace account and I just all I <laughs> was all American rejects. Oh, so they kind of started it all for me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, uh, like this, especially discovering music when you're that age, um, it, it definitely just sticks. Like I, I remember being that age, probably a bit older actually, because um, my parents probably wouldn't let me go near uh, any kind of, alternative music before the, before I was a teenager but I remember like 12 13 just discovering blink and uh, yeah it definitely like leaves an imprint like I imagine you probably still listen to this album all the time. oh yeah like at least once a week <laughs> yeah yeah what's your favorite track honestly maybe just move along it's just such a classic no I take that back uh top of the world yeah tune that's also very underrated track it's very underrated yeah you like your kind of like latter part of the album tracks absolutely I do remember the first time I listened to that is like when I actually got to get the cd and I just sat down in front of my little boom box and listened to it and for some reason when that song came on I just became obsessed with it yeah I don't know why I just love it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, uh, the the power of a good song. It's just like, I have no idea why I can't stop listening to this song. Yeah, so I, I would have to say that, again, opening track, so cliche, but Dirty Little Secret. Uh, yeah. Just that just that intro riff and then it all comes in and like lyrically and then the video. With, yeah. Like everyone with their secret on their hands. I just thought, oh, that whole like little mini package of that song was put together so well. But, I know, started incorporating a cover of that into my live sets. I, oh, really? I was told, like, you know, don't cover this song because so many bands cover it. And I'm like, I know, but I love this song so much and I love this band. And they're like kind of what started it all for me. And I just felt like, you know, yeah. Well, if I felt so connected to, you know, like an artist, you know, yeah. it would, the passion would be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no better reason to cover a song if, they're the reason why you started playing music in the first place right yeah. yeah I guess you can like change the arrangement or do your own thing to it it's always so, just super fun to play too yeah absolutely so when you play live then what does your set kind of look like is it covers okay. a few covers and a lot of originals or half and half so it depends on the show that we're on uh, most of the time we can only do one cover um, okay and so at one point I kind of had to scramble to write a bunch of songs to be able to have a full set because I was like I want to play shows but I don't have enough songs yeah so I was able to do that so if anyone ever goes to a show they'll be able to hear a lot of unreleased music yeah Um, and then sometimes we can get away with doing like two or three covers it really just depends on the show yeah 
Yeah, I always find that strange. Like, we kind of have the same thing over here where venues don't like original bands doing covers and they won't let covers bands play. So if, you, if you're in a cover band, you have to do very specific nights and that's kind of fine. But yeah, if you're an originals band and you do a cover, it's kind of frowned upon a bit. But the covers are what gets people going and gets people into you. Like every single band started doing covers. That's how you, yeah. you don't just get together with four, four, not strangers, but four musically, you know, you've never played music together. Oh, let's write a song. Like yeah, you, I like, I appreciate like being able to showcase what we've come up with as a band. Um, but also it's just, these people don't have any idea who I am and I need just something to reel them in. So yeah. Usually a cover just works perfectly. Yeah, hundred percent. It definitely helps because it it wins people over because they're like, oh, I like this, and I'm going to listen to it and enjoy it, and then enjoy the rest of your set. So people would probably get very bored of just listening to, um, well, probably hunting like food, <laughs> trying to build shelter, and just listening to music. So your mind might switch off a bit. So you allowed a book. Um, what book would you take with you on a desert island? Definitely, it's kind of a funny story. I feel like a lot of people don't know about this book. Um, I yeah. feel like it's a very specific group of people that know about this book. Also a movie. Yeah. Both are great. Not one is better than the other, in my opinion. Both are amazing. Yeah, this book uh, by Ned Vizzini, um, it's kind of a funny story. I was going to say it turned into a film in 2010 with Zach Galifianakis. I can say that name properly. Yeah. (laughs) So for those who don't know, he was um, he was in the Hangover. It's probably where you'd most remember him from. I can't remember his name in the Hangover, but the one that takes the baby with him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. My question was going to be: Is did you read did you read the book first and then see the film? So I actually watched the film first and then read the book because I didn't even know it was a book. (laughs) And then I noticed the few differences, but I think. The film really just, I don't know, it really brings it more to life, obviously. Um, But it really is able to capture the emotions that I feel like kind of fell back in the book. Uh, At least for me, like whenever I'm reading, I get like a little lost and scrambled sometimes. Um, So when I'm watching a film, their emotions are obviously right in front of me. And I feel like I'm able to... um, just be immersed in it more. Yeah, so. absolutely. So so for those who don't know what it's about, could you give like a quick summary of what the book slash film is about? Yeah, so it's about um, a boy in high school who feels like he just, he doesn't, he's not happy anymore. He doesn't know what to do with his life. Um, and then one night he decides, you know, I think I want to commit suicide. And instead of doing that, he takes himself to a hospital and checks himself in. Um, and then throughout the week, you kind of see, you know, like how his perspective on life changes just because he's meeting all of these people because um, he gets thrown into the adult wing of the hospital. Um, and he hears all these stories that just kind of changes his life. Um, but in the movie, there's a bunch of just like lighthearted moments. Um, they threw like romance in there which was a little weird at first, but I guess it yeah. helps to break up the, the serious topic in a way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I kind of like that they threw in the romance, especially when he first meets the girl. She says, uh, "I it has." She got a t-shirt on that says, um, "I hate boys," and he's like, "Cool, yeah. sh- cool shirt." <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think that kind of win- wins him over a bit, or wins her over a bit. The reason why people like films and or books is one, it's a really good story and it's really really well told and written, or you, you, you can relate to it in a in a deeper way. What do you think it is for you? Is it or is it a bit of both? Uh, for me, whenever I read the book, um, I was also in high school and just going through a really hard moment in my life. Um, and it was kind of nice feeling um, like I wasn't alone and it was just super relatable. And I knew these were just characters, but the author, you know, wrote out of like personal experience and things like that. Yeah. Um so it was kind of just nice to know, you know, things do get better and yeah, it was yeah. a nice positive reminder in the end. Yeah, I think it just, you know, reminds us that whatever's happening, everything's just like peaks and troughs and it's like the weather, you know, bad times will go away. Life changes all the time and your perspective changes all the time and you get older and things that seem really important, not so much anymore. Right, um, yeah. But I read that the author... um Ned Fazzini, he actually committed suicide in 2013. Yeah, I was so sad when I found that out. Yeah, so it just goes to show you, like, he he was obviously really capable of being able to tell his story because it's, like you said, it's very autobiographical. So it was very switched on to what he was going through and how to help people, but he still um, was in a really dark place. So I guess it just kind of highlights the importance of these stories existing and also being able to, you know, reach out to people yeah I ended up uh, buying a few more of his books because I was just I loved that one so much and I feel like I've met him just like reading yeah. all of these so yeah but, yeah I was it was devastating to find that out yeah for sure yeah authors can do that it's like um John Green and is it oh, I can't remember what story it is it's not the fault in the, the fault in our stars, but the one where the girl's like, "I need to know the ending. What happened?" And the author was like, "It's just a book. Don't worry about it." What is that? I know what you're talking about, and I can't remember. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, sorry, John Green. If you ever listen to this, apologise. We don't know the name of your book, but <laughs> we know the plot, and it's it's like that. It's yeah, you get so invested. Um, but obviously, this is kind of John Green is a f- fictional writer, and it's kind of a funny story is actually you know very personal and whilst it is funny in the film they've turned they've given it a, a comedy twist it's uh you know a very personal and an important story to tell i think also that's your book for people who want to read it that is uh yeah it's kind of a funny story by ned vizzini 2006 novel turned into a film in 2010 i highly recommend it that is your castaway pop punk vinyl slash book collection that can be uh that'd be buried in a treasure box waiting for you in some island somewhere (laughs) (laughs) i think i'd be entertained yeah i think so i think you've chosen well so what's what's uh what's life like in dallas at the moment you're good it's hot here is it hot how hot is it 102 degrees well i don't i don't work what's that in celsius i don't work in in fahrenheit i have no idea (laughs) i'm just gonna quickly google it it's just really hot (laughs) Oh, 38.8. That is boiling. 
Mm-hmm. So bearing in mind that in the height of summer in Dubai, it gets to about 50. Apparently that's completely unbearable. So yeah, you got aircon? Yeah, um, I think it might be going out though. <laughs> so oh no. <laughs> struggling. Yeah. So you guys, so you um, in Texas, you guys have like a quite a cool music scene. You've got Bowling for Soup. Um, yes we do <laughs> i've seen uh so some bands follow you that i i've kind of will be on this podcast and i chat to a bit so there's cheer up dusty yeah do you know those guys mm-hmm. yeah they're awesome um crooked teeth yes. um yeah he's got a, a blue tick which is pretty cool <laughs> a high score they're pretty cool last letters yeah uh, high score and i were actually um like in the same city so oh really we'll probably be playing shows together in the future for sure yeah that's wicked i am um, i was supposed to drive like do a bit of an america road trip last year but obviously coronavirus happened and uh we were staying in 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 dallas or at least driving through it um but i do really want to get out there at some point i don't know when it'll be now but it seems like a really cool place there's a huge music scene here for sure yeah a lot of yeah. pop punk, a lot of hardcore music. Yeah, there's plenty of music coming out of Texas, which is really cool. Well, thanks a lot for for uh, for joining me. Thank um, you for having me. It was welcome. cool to finally get to talk. We've only had Instagram. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah, hopefully um, at some point I'll come to Texas. Maybe one day you'll come play shows in London and I'll come for sure. Um, I would love that. I have family in Germany, so maybe a little Europe. Yeah, a little European tour. <laughs> yeah, count me in. I'll, I'll definitely be at one of your shows. Um, I hope that people continue to discover you and discover your music. I think you'll appeal, obviously, to the pop punk vibe, but um, you kind of have a you, you have melodies and stuff which are very easy to listen to. And it's easy to see the masses really enjoying your music. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely a little more on the pop side, so I feel like it yeah. reaches a wider audience somehow. Yeah, especially like the the Gemini um, chorus um it's got a really cool like i don't know if you ever heard of um busted from from the uk i'll, I'll dm you one of their one of their <laughs> albums um they got quite big over here but they, they were just all about really catchy hooks and yeah that's just kind of like pop pop rock kind of vibe and then you have that 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 you have like a synth hook in the chorus underneath it i love that yeah, and they did a bit of that as well, and it just really reminded me of Busted. And they were absolutely, they were absolutely huge over here. They they tried to crack America, and never could. Um, but not many British bands can crack America. You you are, you're tough to crack. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, send it over. I'll check it out. I love pop rock. So. Yeah, yeah, I will do. Um, but yeah, yeah. I hope people continue to find you. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep writing music. It was uh, great to finally chat to you in person. Thank you so much. Cool. I'll speak to you soon. Take care.